Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Derek. Derek, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a tough week, I'll be honest with you. A lot of things going on. It's been on. a tough week? Yeah, yeah, but this is something I've been looking forward to all week. We have a very special yeah, guest man. today, So Jeremy. we have a very special guest today, and we um, we have been waiting patiently. We've had to reschedule a couple times, and we finally got her on, uh, Artie Karai. Everybody out there, all you retro timers might remember Artie from a couple of episodes we did, actually, where we talked about her blog post about the learning release. Uh, we were so excited about that uh, idea and that concept that we wanted to have Artie on. So we've got Artie on today, and I am... I might be as as excited as uh, you, Derek. I don't know. Uh, I'm happy too, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Are you? All right. Well, Artie, we're so happy to have you. So I'm going to introduce you real quick, Artie. So Artie is president of Industrial Logic Canada. She uh, works in enterprise agility. She's a lean coach, product and business coach. She's a trainer. She's a public speaker, a community builder. She's experienced in setting and executing product strategies, creative leader and mentor for organizations that focus on improvement innovation and customer satisfaction. I am so excited to have Miss Artie Karai on the show today. Artie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Yes, as you said, been looking forward to have this and we made it. Yes. We did it. it. Third time's a charm. Yes. So today we were going to talk about a number of things with you. We're excited to have you on. One one thing that I noticed uh, when we were talking, you know, we're looking at you through Zoom here and I saw in the corner of your your screen there, a little something that I picked up on a while back from your company, Industrial Logic, mm-hmm. Modern Agile. Yeah. Can you give us a little kind of breakdown and what that means and how you guys came up with that? I'm fascinated by yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody is familiar with the Agile Manifesto, right? I'm hoping you have it all printed on, on the top of your mm. bed and you read it every morning <laughs> when you wake up, right? <laughs> so something like that. <laughs> but... Um, there are some things in there that the, the, the technology has evolved, the business have evolved, people's needs and leadership has evolved. And there are some things in there that manifesto still, still stays true, but there is more than that. We need a little bit more. And, and we have shown that we need a little bit more. Everybody is trying to do something. Ron Jeffrey says, well, if you want, build your own manifesto. That's that's what we did, right? That's, that's what he says. And, and I think that's where they started. So with Modern Agile, we're, we try to, you know, add our knowledge, add our experience and bring it together in a way that we are um, making it simple for people, but also make it relatable with the evolution that is happening in technology in business and leadership, right? So making people awesome is one of the things that it's coming over and over and over. Like every organization right now has understood that uh, having employees um, better engaged and better supported brings you better results, which brings you better products, which brings you better customers and happier customers, right? So when we say make people mm-hmm. awesome, it's not just like customers, it's it's your employees, your partners, everybody that works with you. And, and with that focus, you now have... Uh, leadership looks into what is my job in this? How am I growing my people? How am I supporting my customers? How am I, how am I working with partners, right? So a lot into just, just that small little piece there. And then we move into um, deliver value continuously. This definitely relates to the Agile Manifesto, but uh, we're taking it into the focus that 
we deliver value continuously to make people awesome, to make these customers awesome, mm. to, to uh, get them to continuously see their needs met. They're, um, uh, at the end of the day, right, our, our products are there to help customers to achieve something on their life, on their day-to-day -day work. So they are awesome on what they do. And we do this by continuously delivering value uh, many times a day, right? We're talking about like uh, many days, many times a day delivering in production, something valuable and testing and, um, and, and learning from what uh, customers are doing with our products on, on production. Not just product owners thinks that, Oh, well, this is good. And, and then we believe into that. No, it's the customer that tells us. Um, make safety a prerequisite is, is one of the uh, things that now very often we hear the, that psychological safety, right? Uh, Joshua Kirievsky, that is the founder of Industrial Logic uh, before like late 1990s, um, this safety is one of the things that is like really engraved in his heart and in his mind. He talks about this. He has been talking about this for, for decades now. And um, we look into safety, not only like safety. So you wear the right boots so you don't step over nails and stuff like that. We look into that psychological safety. We look into uh, safety uh, about being inclusive, about being able to speak up mm. uh, your ideas. It's all, I don't know if you are all familiar with that uh, project that Google did, where they wanted to decide yeah, the yeah. teams and what makes a team strong. And one of the things that came out of there was the fact that uh, people being able to speak up, people being able to be involved, uh, created better teams, yeah. right? We actually just talked about that in our last episode. There you go. Uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's. I think yeah, cool. I love that. And then the last piece is the experiment and learn rapidly, which very it builds on top of the deliver continuously value, right? Because it's about how we do it. Is that uh, sense of uh, testing and uh, deciding what the next feature or what the next um, uh, you know. Uh, what the next story or epic or whatever you are using in your organization will be for us to use based on the data that we have collected by how the customers are actually using our, our um, uh, product. So it, it's mm -hmm. by running, by working with hypotheses rather than with long roadmaps that eventually we might not get there because COVID might hit and everything will change. And all those mm. backlogs that we had created mm. for the year are thrown out in the garbage. So when you say hypothesis, it's we're treating it like a like a scientific experiment, essentially. We think we yeah. should build this feature set at yeah. a high level. Mm. Instead of we all that instead of all that sh instead of all that like overconfidence that we're absolutely mm -hmm. sure that this tool will solve the problem of the organization and we have the architects agree yeah. the the project managers all agree you know it's it's that said the, the product owner from on top of the mountain yes <laughs> yeah right right, right. It came down with the the five rally stories yes. yeah. <laughs> five rally epics or whatever what's really funny is like you that that's actually a really perfect analogy because it's like carved yes. into stone right? yeah it's like this this shall not change yeah right yeah. um you know it's as opposed to being more flexible like we've talked well about yeah and actually soft right soft yeah absolutely right so so let's try something small like 
uh, the organization, some of the clients that we work with, they have in their backlog maybe 10 stories, right? The next 10 stories, because based on the experiments that they are running today or in tomorrow, they are going to figure out what else to do, right? And, and they add their, that on the backlog. So their backlogs are not large, are not like heavy to carry around. And, and to go back to the learning releases, it really you you think from the beginning like that right when you work with hypothesis mm -hmm. from the beginning you think like we believe that if we do this we're gonna see some results well let's try something mm -hmm. and what are we gonna learn out of it then decides what is the next thing for us to do see what i really love about that word hypothesis is that it changes the mindset yes of the team, the entire team, because what it essentially is saying is we have a theory. We have a hypothesis that we want yeah. to test. We could be yes. wrong about it. Yes. yes. We could be wrong yes. about it. Right. And so instead of saying, this is it, this is exactly what we want to do. We're going to build a thing. We're going to test it. We're going to release it, test it, see yeah. how it works. And if we're wrong, we learn. It's okay. Because we learned, we, we learned, learned something, exactly. right? which is exactly what your learning release yeah. is all about. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really hard though right because uh in some clients we are seeing a lot of oh but how am i going to do my financial plans like that because i don't know what's going on and there is a little bit of work that we do with leadership sometimes to say well allow your team to learn and to arrive to the right conclusion earlier uh, just because they have a big roadmap and backlog doesn't mean that that is the right thing to do um, and and so that's why the problem that teams have is uh, they cannot say learning release. This is one of the problems with the learning release is hard to implement into some large organizations because mm -hmm. leaders need something concrete with uh, some research and analysis on benefits. And you are telling me that you don't know. You are telling me that you're going to learn. Well, yeah, to be honest with you. That research that we're going to do earlier is not going to save anything, is not going to help with anything if the very first time we start writing code and we see some problems, we find out that, ooh, you know that? That's not going to really pan out the same way mm -hmm. we thought it was going to. So learning earlier, but leading with a vision and leading with a purpose it's it's one of the new leadership skills these days that leaders do really need to have um, to learn. So I want to I want to yeah. unpack yeah. that a little bit because Derek and I have actually talked about this in a few of our episodes. We um, I can actually think we we talked with Bob Martin. We actually ah. had Bob Martin on uh, who was at uh, the ski lodge yes. um, when they did the manifesto. So, so anyway, they did and, not and, make any decisions in a hot tub. He said no, that. no hot tub. Yeah, I we asked, asked him, him directly. That was the first thing I was curious about. Uh, but we asked him this same kind of question: is you know this idea of like. Big organizations, they get all this money, right? They have million-dollar budgets they're supposed to plan for a year, a full year, until yeah. next year. What is some advice? How do you, how do you change the, the yeah. process at some of these large organizations where that, that idea of knowing exactly and never going to fix it and being this thing we're going to keep for the next 10 years, how do you change that 
Why do we have to keep it for 10 years? Yeah, it I mean, never gets changed. Let's be like, honest with you. The person that made the decision to keep it for 10 yeah. years ain't going to be in the company exactly. in 10 years. Very likely. They are looking, it's so they funny are looking to, to be promoted you know, in two years. Why do we have to keep their yeah, decisions for 10 yeah. years around? You know, the thing is that then maybe this is something that's interesting because nobody maybe makes a conscious decision to keep them. Um, but they end up just stick because they already built that. Why would they go fix that when they have some other new thing they need to go build? And then that thing tends to just stick around. Where where, where Derek and I work, we see sometimes software that's been there yes. since the 90s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, not because anyone probably expected those things to be there 30 years <laughs> later. Uh, they just, you know, always had a new thing they had to go build. And, you know, I'm curious, just yeah. we talk about maybe modern, and maybe this is part of modern agile. I'm curious what yeah. you think. What are your thoughts? I, I, I relate that a lot with uh, business agility, to be honest with you, because I think that's mm -hmm. where that way of working comes from. Uh, we are looking now, usually, Agile Manifesto came with agility in delivering, right? In a software team mm -hmm. with how we deliver mm -hmm. software and how we get there. But we are seeing now agility needing to be expanded into areas that are not related to delivery. How about the strategy? How about marketing? How about, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have worked with construction teams that we use agile oh, wow. okay. principles and agile yeah. thinking and brought a lot of value there. So I think that's where I find um, the right way of thinking early. So one of the things that uh, agile uh, business agility brings is that leading with Leading with purpose and leading with some stretched goals. Uh, I don't know if you have heard of OKRs, objectives and key results. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so those have become the next thing to help leaders to look forward to. Um, as you might know, OKRs are set a little bit shoot for the moon, but not for the mm -hmm. universe, not for the stars. Right. So there is a little bit of stretch in there. And there is like, well, even if you achieve 70%, you, you've done really good. Now, the problem with that is that in some cases, teams sh shoot for uh, some really easy dunks. And, and, and they, they, I mean, they shoot for something easy to reach and, and they don't stretch the business. But if business does that right, if business sets goals that help them reach and stretch their thinking, and look for innovative and new ways of doing things, then, and don't attach OKRs, don't attach those goals with um, uh, people's bonuses, you're gonna see that people mm -hmm. are gonna start thinking differently, are gonna start uh, bringing new ideas. Now, with that being in place, that relates also to the governance of this work, right? So how do I fund this work that is so, uh, iffy from from uh, some mm -hmm. from some, some people's point of view. Well, that's where we say. Well, if you say that I want uh, to achieve a certain goal, you now allow the team to find the best way to achieve that goal, and the team can come up with more innovative ways that you probably could have thought of yourself. And when we start breaking down those big goals into quarterly goals and then sprint goals, or if you're doing Kanban more kind of like release goals, small releases and small time boxes, you start then learning how to use the data that you are collecting and make decisions based on that. Um, the finances become also easier because when you have a goal, 
And when you work with teams that hopefully are long-standing, right? You know how much a team costs a month. And the math is easy. You know how much a team is going to cost you a year. So you know how much your investment is. Is the goals that you are setting worth that investment? And goes back into right. business rather than business now saying, oh, I want all of this. Can IT deliver? And IT goes and plans and, and puts all these spreadsheets and once a year and um, servers expense and license expense and people expense. I mean, we know how much we spend every month. We know how much the year is going to cost more or less. Keep that in a high level and say to business, yeah. if, is this as important for you? as to invest this much. So what mm -hmm. I hear you saying then is something like this, like we have a million dollars a year for a, for a team, team of developers, yeah. I don't, whatever, yeah. 10 developers, however many developers, um, hopefully yeah. they're paid well. Um, we have a million dollars and that's how much we're spending. Our objective and our key result is to, I don't know, decrease turnaround time on <laughs> something or decrease yeah. time on task. Instead of saying we're going to devote a million dollars to what we think that solution is, which is building this software to enter yeah. some data, we get a month in and we say, you know, I don't think this is the right thing. Let's change it up. It doesn't matter if we if we scrap that whole thing altogether, if we found a yeah. better way to decrease yeah. turnaround time. You empower the people to make the decisions. You don't make uh, the decisions for them up front no. and force them down a road all year. Right, you right. let them continuously change right. the result. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Whereas, the way I say this is, the way I explain that is, uh, well, we have, uh, for example, I want to lose weight, right? Or I want to, you, you don't say I want to lose weight. You say I want to be a healthy version of me. And now as a healthy mm -hmm. version of me, I can eat better. I can do exercises, I can, you know, mental health, like I can sleep and do yoga and all of that, right? So there are many things that I can do. Is that worth that amount of money? And now give the team a chance to look into what is the best way that you need right now. Maybe you are eating well, maybe you just need to go a little bit more to gym, right? Based on that, the team mm -hmm. will figure out the best solution for your goal. All right, so uh, so Derek and I work in enterprise, yeah. right? And this is, again, one of these big, giant conglomerates. It's got a lot of money to spend, a lot of people, a lot of bureaucracy, yeah. a lot of red tape, a lot of, you know, Blue budgets tape. up front, you know, committing to, again, I think this is might be the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing is like the answer is committing. We commit to building yes. a thing. Mm. We don't commit to solving yeah. a problem. My goodness. We commit to building a thing and we say, We're, give me a million dollars and I will build you this thing as opposed to saying, give me a million dollars and I'll solve yeah. this problem. Yeah. Mm. And that's- It's like they don't trust us to solve the problem. Yeah. They trust like some right. other group yeah. to solve the problem and give us the solution and then we go solve the solution. Oh, I'm thinking is the architect that decides the solution, right? So <laughs> the architect and the business talk sometimes, they decide the solution yeah. and then the teams just execute on it. Um, definitely not the right way to go. Uh, people that are closer to the team know the problems of the code or know the uh, challenges that they hear from customer service more than, uh, than leadership. I actually, uh, one of the clients that I'm not going to mention, uh, the VP of business, right? 
was uh, they were planning the 2022 because that's this is now the time when all the plans for 2022 are being made six months before the year begins. And uh, someone said to, to, to the business VP said, listen, we need to fix this problem because customers keep telling us that this is one of their biggest pain points. And he said, I don't think so. I never heard of that. And then 10 minutes later, one of his direct reports comes in the meeting and that question came up and said, he, 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 he like looks into her and says, hey, Shannon, do you think we have the problem? And she goes, oh yeah, that is the biggest problem we have. He goes, how come I never heard of it? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sometimes leaders are too high up and too yeah. far away from the real problems. And, and we have, unfortunately, this... Uh, managing well up culture in a lot of these large organizations they manage well up and a lot of people deal with problems and fix the problems without leaders actually knowing the problems and when leaders hear these problems it's like what i didn't know that existed and mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of um churn and a lot of waste goes within the teams just to fix those problems what do we talk That's about all the time in this podcast Jeremy? That's it, man. Communication. It's, it's like it, it always seems to boil yeah. down to communication. Um, communication, relationships kind of tied together is the thing that is the the thread that seems to get pulled first when a team when a team starts to disband and not not perform. Yeah. And, you, and then you start to st the first thing you ask is, are you guys communicating? Yeah. And they'll tell you no every time yeah. or like they'll t they'll give you some weird answer like, well, only on Tuesdays <laughs> because I can't I can't deal with that guy on Mondays. Well, we have you know? a standing meeting every two oh, weeks. Every yeah, two a standing weeks, meeting. Okay. Yeah. We, right. meet, we I, meet for an hour every right. two weeks. I have I have a I have a theory about the standing meeting. We'll have, we'll have to do a whole podcast on a standing <laughs> meeting. Um, I have a lot of feelings. Anyway. And we have a SharePoint with all the PowerPoints if you want to go read. <laughs> right. But what's the point? that deck. Um, yeah. <laughs> my point uh, joke but yeah so you mentioned business agility before mm -hmm. you also mentioned modern agile how do those two kind of connect yeah so so business agility i don't know if uh, you're familiar business agility institute evan laburn is the guy that is leading that uh, a good guy maybe you want to invite another time i can connect you uh, mm -hmm. yeah, please do. <laughs> amazing um so th they are looking into that way of like connecting the leadership, the partners, the environment, the, the, the whole enterprise and culture all together, right? Um, and, and they're doing a fantastic job. They are, I think, in the second version of their, um, of their kind of like model that they are building. Uh, I have worked also with another organization that they had their enterprise business agility. Uh, a lot of people actually look even into the Kanban uh, model, the, the maturity model for Kanban as a business agility roadmap. So everybody has hit the problem that Agile needs to expand beyond the team. And when it comes to um, modern Agile, I am, I am actually working and it's going to be a, 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 the first time I'm talking about this in public, but I'm working on something that I think it's going to be uh, a connection between business agility um, and, and then modern agile. Um, the way I look into that is mm, I bring okay. purpose in the middle because an organization without purpose, we're aimlessly doing work, mm. right? There's no aim, there's no direction there. And, and 
people that like employees right now are looking beyond uh, their organization just to get a salary. Everybody wants to enjoy the work, especially now with remote working. People are saying no to organizations that are not providing them challenging um, and growth opportunities, right? So, so organizations are also looking beyond just making money and uh, making shareholder value uh, uh, increase. They are looking into supporting communities, into dealing with environmental yeah. challenges. So uh, organizations are learning to become more like a community member in a large scale rather than just hiring some people to deliver features here and there. So yeah. where organizations with a purpose um, are the ones that are looking beyond, right? Are the future, are the organizations of the future. And that connects with, when it comes to modern agile, connects with making people awesome in all ways of, uh, of working, with creating that safety where everyone feels included and wants to work on it and, and so on and so forth. I think structure is definitely one of the problems that right now large organizations have, and they are still not, they haven't tackled that well. And when I talk about structure is like organization design, right? So there are people that still talk about the Spotify model and, oh, we need to have these teams going vertical and then the, the, the squad, the other tribes and going <laughs> horizontal. Yep. And Spotify says, yeah, that was 10 years ago. We're not doing that anymore. But, but everyone just found that blog post, so they're all doing it now. Yeah. You know? and and then, somebody scribbled a big, big uh, <laughs> a thing, too, where, where all the teams were together and there were lines yeah. connected. I remember that. You have also the red yeah. and green and yellow when it comes to performance and all of that. So uh, yeah. that sounds good for some organizations that are, are trying to work, but at the same time, they, they don't have the culture to support that structure. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then safe didn't help because safe came with the train releases and all the models there. So I think organization structure is one of the keys that enables agility. Um, and we need to take that approach with uh, starting from what are we delivering to our customers and walk backwards on how do we need to organize internally our teams to support that delivery. So when it comes to modern agile is going to talk about like that continuous delivery of the value and the experimentation and having people that are actually safe to speak up and say, this is not working. Love it. So you, you've heard it here yes. first, retro timers. <laughs> this is it. Breaking hot, breaking <laughs> agile news. You know, the, you, the, the deliver with purpose. I, I, to me, that's like a huge thing too. I mean, we've, We've talked about this like a million times on the show, but finding your why. I mean, you're listening to people like Simon Sinek talking about why. And, and we talk about, you know, giving teams the ability to decide things for yeah. themselves. If they understand yeah. why they're building what yeah. they're building, they might come up with completely different ideas than what you had tried to tell Absolutely. them to do. Right. But if they're driven, if they're driven to, to meet that purpose or, or fulfill that purpose, they'll figure out the best way yeah. to do it. Or might, maybe just maybe not the best, 15 different ways to do it. And maybe you can all use the learning release and figure out the best yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, they are the one closest to the problem. They are the one closer mm -hmm. to architecture. They are the one closer to data. They know their skills better than you do. So who mm -hmm. is better? Like, 
if we use the lean thinking, right? So walk the gamba. So so mm -hmm. go close to the problem, and then you see uh, the the better solutions are gonna emerge uh, out of the knowledge of the people that are closer to the problem. I love that. Yeah, we we've actually. It's funny because we just <laughs> a couple episodes ago we talked about the five whys and yeah. and how you know this is very much like a Toyota but five why? whys lean. Thinking, thinking why? why? Well, because you know, yeah. Um, you know, like and so because I said so. We're, I see what you did there. Um, you know, but where we work, you know, a big manufacturing company, and and lean is such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I see how that to me just fits with yeah. agile so much. I mean, obviously, lean is a manufacturing technique and, and all this yeah. stuff, but the ideas of lean and and waste and and removing yeah. waste and continuous improvement and all yeah. these things. Um, to me, it, it fits so well with, yeah. with the software. I just think which right. is, which is, so I, I put that under the governance in this uh, modern business agility uh, that I'm creating. Uh, I put that under the governance. Uh, there is so much waste that goes in organizations because we have processes and we have these handoffs that are not thinking uh, lean, right? A lot of the lean thinking, a lot of the lean practices, um, even the lean way of working with people where uh, the role of the manager is not to tell you what to do, but is about coaching you and is about being there with mm -hmm. you to see how your thinking grows and, and your, your, um, your maturity into dealing and triaging a problem that happens. Because you don't know what problems are going to happen to the team, right? You, kind of, right. you cannot uh, for, foresee that, but a team that knows how to think, a team that knows how to triage and, and so solve and has the autonomy to make the, the decisions, they are the ones that are going to thrive. I'm starting to ha to feel that there might be a, a connection between good, like so if you have a good business process, a good business strategy, if it encourages you to do as much as possible that you feel like you can do, feel like you mm -hmm. can do, maybe it's not a good strategy. If it encourages you to think, what's the least amount I can do yeah. to solve my problem, maybe it's a good strategy. Yeah. I'm starting to think that might be like a telltale thing for dealing with uh, business. Because uh, every good process that I've created for myself has been like, it has to, I had to restrain myself from building too yeah. much because it was outside of the purpose. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, we do say sometimes, right, the good developers are a little lazy. They don't <laughs> type too much. They think a lot yeah. and then they type yep. something. So they might look lazy because they don't have the hands always on the keyboard, but uh, they, they think about how to solve a problem, what is the right approach for it, and then... And then they write two lines of code and everything is bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that the I find the coders, it's funny, Jeremy, the coders that you work with and they've been doing it for years, they write less code. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but like some historic person or something wrote some letter and it was like, you know, forgive the long letter. If I had more time, it, it was Mark Twain, maybe something like that. Was that Mark Twain? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgive the life. It was, if I had more time, I would have written uh, a shorter been, one. Yeah. yeah I would have written that's, a shorter letter. Yeah. yeah. And over time, I think people just realize I don't want to debug all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't need nested if statements. If I can just get it done in one line, yeah. how do I make this one line of code? Yeah. 
I know Bob, Bob Martin was when he does his like blog post. His thing is like it's more than three lines. I'm worried I did something wrong. Well, yeah, that's you the know? microservices that are coming up right now, right? Um, mm-hmm. So at Industrial Logic, our coaches are definitely uh, the ones that help the teams to write just enough code and use all these technical practices to have a clean code and have um, a still purposeful and safe. And and with testing with tests around and everything, so it, it's I, I don't think that we that stops only on coding, right? We should do that even with marketing. We should do that even with UX. We should do that with strategy yeah. building, right? So, for example, UX uses now the 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 what is it the two diamond the design thinking, right? Oh, yeah. So, yep. So. Well, it is based on a lot of the things that we talk about of uh, understanding the problem and testing something and then, uh, you know, pivoting and all of that. But it takes, it's a little long. Uh, by the time you have gone through all the uh, understanding and then delivering something, it's long. So this was something I wanted to ask you about. So I'm a UX yeah. designer. That's my, my okay. role. I'm a I'm, I'm UX designer. And Sorry, my did question I for you, you is, <laughs> no, not at all. Because I, 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 I He's the I feel real like deal. this is like Don't a lot worry. of times like UX designers they'll go and they'll do their thing they'll go off for six months and they'll they'll hand you over an yeah. artifact and here's my artifact look at all the work I did and sometimes it's you know, people just stick it in a box or drive and no one ever looks at it again I'm just curious from your perspective what could the UX team do to help enable the teams to be more agile um, yeah awesome question for example um, some of the teams that are doing this well that I have seen is um, UX, and and when I mean UX, not just people that do pretty buttons, right? But people that do also Mm -hmm. actually research and and understanding the customer and and their journey and everything, right? So there are some standards that are set when it comes to having pretty buttons. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that that is not the right thing, but there are some standards that are set. And every person in the team knows that, for example, a button submit is blue for this company and and, and you know mm-hmm. uh, colors are gray and all of those are set right so you don't need a ux mm-hmm. person constantly with the team to work on that the team understands has those csis whatever it is and they're, they're set what the ux helps on these teams that are working with hypothesis is to work with um, you know the the high fidelity and low fidelity and they go from low fidelity to high fidelity as per the need of the team, the closer they are to the final release. And what I mean by that, so when we work with hypothesis, we work even with a concept of we we decouple releases with deployments. I don't know if you have talked about this before, but a deployment is a technical decision. Uh, A technical team can deploy as many times as they want all the way to production Hidden with all the, so I'm going to say it again, hidden with many, uh, you know, feature flags and everything controlled and, and um, that not is not going to affect the quality of the uh, product that is already in the hands of the customer. But a release is a different thing, is a business decision. That's when the user sees. That's the when, well, the, some users might see even the an early deployment, but it is for a small group of people, for a segment that the okay. product owner yeah. has, you know, enabled five percent of the people yeah. that have dogs in Toronto. Sure. 
so you're doing like an A B test. You're doing you're doing A B C D E test. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can do as many as you want. I love that. And okay. and when everything is now in good quality, but there are also other things that we need to consider: preparing the marketing, preparing customer service for a change that comes up, preparing the messaging, and all of that. During all of these tests, during all of these deployments, by the time we get to have the very final release, UX teams has had many, many chances to improve their design, to improve the journey, to improve them, to bring those accessibility needs and everything that, uh, by the end, it emerges and it grows with the team. It's not all set in the beginning and then mm-hmm. I see you in six months. Yeah. I know that some people, some UX designers, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but some other ones are not happy with that because like, oh, but now I have to go and do a research on something else that is coming six months from now. The point yeah. is, who cares about six months from now? You might learn something about that right now if you work with a team. Well, that's where if, you know, I think like you you run into problems, maybe a lot of times with like enterprise design or, or waterfall type stuff where you don't get to test the thing that you're designing, yeah. right? So I, here's the, something I've I've wanted to do. This is something I've wanted to do for a very long time, and I've haven't I've never had the opportunity to do it. Okay. But imagine a world where you've got a UX designer and a development team. That what music we need to put close. a music right now? Um, I will. Oh, it would probably worry. be the retro retro time podcast intro song. Probably would be magic playing. But all right, um, in a world, imagine a world where you've got a UX design team and a development team that are just working very yeah. closely together, intimate, sitting next to each other or a remote. They're just con- constantly talking. If you've got a really great design system, right, that's laid out all the spacing and the topography and the button styles and yeah. blah, 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 and all that stuff, you could have the UX team go and do some research and understand yeah. the problem, right? Create some really great ways to deliver that to the team hopefully not just an artifact you expect everyone to read but actually sharing it bringing some of those developers along with you to do research going to the shop floor for instance and bring a developer with you and then right imagine that world okay now that developer has gone to the shop floor with the ux team and they've done some ethnographic or observational research together then they go in a room and they whiteboard and then the developer takes that and builds a really simple prototype using their reusable components and their design system, yeah. right? Hooks it up to some dummy data like JSON. Yeah. Don't worry about the backend yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Just a JSON object. You take that to a customer and you do a usability yeah. study. Real you software, Jeremy? You're giving real software to you the figure customer? out what works. Then when you decide that that's right, you hook up the data and it works. And then you got your software. And the what designer the gonna design do? the designer didn't well you could work with the back end people. What are the architects? Do what are the what are the what is the product manager gonna do, right? Jeremy? Uh if you're, you if could you're doing everything. The where's the test plan on this? Scrum. Yeah, where's the test plan? The test where's, the, plan. where's the roadmap? Where's the MOR? Where's the you where's guys, the boulder? Where's the oh. come on. Where's all that come stuff? On. But yeah, but that's it my, my dream state. And it's then fantastic. in that case, it's you could Jeremy. do that work with like so few people. You don't even need a hundred people. Um, but anyway, that's like, it can happen. I've never had a team that could do that, but imagine that. And then you get the front end stuff working and then you just hook the back end data up. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. It can happen. Deployed. It, it can definitely happen. So yeah. I have seen, um, one team that was doing that. Um, first of all, when the developer went and met the client with the designer, they came back mm-hmm. embarrassed. <laughs> we made you do they this. Like, we made wow, you do that. I yeah. couldn't believe how often the customer yeah. rolled their eyes into oh, 
here we go. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, yeah. Oh, it's and they yeah. came back and they said, it was a tech lead, by the way, and came back and said to the team, okay, I have a couple of things we need to put in backlog because there is, you know, that's a fancy UX term. We, we call it oh. empathy. <laughs> 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 Though, but you know that's the thing like but that's one thing that I think the UX team can yes. help a lot with is like tr- helping build empathy for mm-hmm. those users right so you could create a persona yeah. and all that stuff and and show pain points highlight pain points I think that's what the UX yeah. team is really good at one of the things that I found and we we've done this in the past and Derek and I worked together on some some projects in the past and we took developers product yeah. managers TPMs whatever you call them BAs they went to the shop to the to the place with us and they yeah. experienced it and not only did it was it just really exciting for them to be there but they were able to go back and evangelize yeah. that to the team say and instead of me having to do it they're doing it like no they take this thing and they move this thing and they have to cool walk over to here see. and they have to wear yeah. this stuff and they have to wear the safety gear and blah 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 whatever and and it was just amazing to watch them one of the things that i found too was afterwards when we would start to do release planning or sprint planning mm-hmm. things like that that he stopped asking questions why why are we doing this i don't understand because yeah. they knew they understood exactly why we're doing it and i didn't what have to explain to them Cut out one extra meeting I had to have. It was yeah, amazing. Right, what a concept. Um, but so, yeah, but you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so one thing though, that, uh, that, just, that I love uh, with UX designers to, to be more uh, just enough, just in time is when they say, okay, mm-hmm. so we did the research, we talked to some customers and this is what they told us. So let's do this. The problem with that is it reminds me my neighbor that I asked him, hey, what car would you like to buy? And he's like, oh, I like sporty one, two-seater, fast, this and that, mm-hmm. yellow and all of that. Yeah. And a week after, he shows up in the driveway with a new minivan. And I said, yeah, I said what happened? He goes, All right, well, where's your sport car? He goes, well, I have three kids. They don't fit in the <laughs> Put them on so, the roof. So this is the thing where... Yeah. Uh, UX research and going there is good because they tell us what they want, what they dream, but sometimes they are not willing to pay for that. And we learn that what they really, really want, we learn that they actually need a van when Mm -hmm. we start giving them something. But one of the things that I've kind of experienced over time as a UXer is you definitely have different like designers who just want to design. And then you have designers who actually want to help build yes. really great software. Um, and sometimes those two don't always work with the developers the right way, the mm-hmm. way they should. But one of the things that I think you're right, I've seen this a lot too. Designers will go off design the Ferrari yeah. because it's sexy yeah. and it's cool and it looks great when they really needed yeah. a minivan. Um, but and I think that's one thing where if you can get the developers understanding the users, they're going to have amazing yeah. ideas and suggest yeah. things. And I've seen this firsthand. The developers will be like, well, what if we use this thing? Well, we could do this really cool thing. Hey, did you know that there's this cool technology we've been yeah. working on? I'm like, oh, oh my God, mind blown. I could totally yeah. do that stuff. So those are the kinds of things that I, I think, you know, again, I, Derek and I talk about this all the time, but relationships are yes. just so important. The developers, the designers, the product managers, they've all got yes. to be working together. It cannot be one team going off, handing over yeah. the fence, being like, here's my design. See you in six months. Hope you yeah. built it right. It's very often we confuse collaboration with collaboration with cooperation, right? So we mm-hmm. think we are collaborating because people are meetings on standups and then uh, are exchanging emails and we have a SharePoint where everything is shared. That's not collaboration. That's cooperation. Everyone is doing their part, but they're not actually getting in there they're doing their 
They're doing their part separately. Yeah, yeah. So, so if <laughs> yeah, you ask yeah, yeah. me, here it is. I'm doing my part. But collaboration comes with doing it together, getting into mm-hmm. each other's areas of expertise. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not an UX expert, but I can see. I saw how that client was rolling their eyes. So I can mm-hmm. remind you that that was not a good thing, and we need to do something about that, right? So, so yeah, yeah absolutely. That. Good collaboration and relationship and working together is, is key. Awesome. All right. So, you know, again, we we kind of had you on originally. We asked you to come on because we really loved your blog post about the learning right. release. But I, I think we've talked a lot about it um, throughout this. But I'm, I'm curious, is there anything else about that specific idea yeah. that you thought was worth mentioning today? Well, learning releases came up um, uh, when I was working with a team, one of the coaches that has is my mentor Andrew Arnett uh he's like a master Jedi and I've learned so much <laughs> from him so uh we're working together and it was this concept where we wanted to get a team into just, just let's learn <laughs> forget about making money we cannot make money we just mm-hmm. need to first learn and they're like oh you're talking MVP yeah. and we're like okay so what did MVP mean to you and again I have worked so many in so many clients and so many maturity levels and MVP is such a such a just a, a, a lip service right nobody is using it right nobody is doing it right nobody is even um, uh, thinking right right because uh, again it's very much related to finances is very much related to that thinking that I need the revenue coming out of this that's it's so funny because when you say minimum, like minimum viable product, the thing that jumps at everybody first is minimum. So what's the least I can yeah. spend? What's the least that I yeah. can as a developer can do? And what everyone misses is the viable yes. part. What's the the least that we can spend that's actually yes. viable for someone to use? Or what's the least amount of code I can write or features I can build that's yeah. viable for yeah. a user? And that piece, that piece just oh, skips no, over yeah, everybody's head. Because we're not thinking <laughs> too far from customers. Yeah. We're thinking shareholder value, right? So, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, that's where it came uh, with Andrew. We were talking and this concept of a learning release game. And, and I took it and I started using it. And teams love it. Teams love it. A little mm-hmm. bit challenged with management because, again, they need to mm-hmm. connect it to financials. But um the more they hear about it, the more they uh, accept it. And when they start mm-hmm. accepting, when uh, they start learning how to, you know, drive with data, drive with information, mm-hmm. uh, learn as you go, nothing is a failure. The worst case, you learn something, mm-hmm. right? So those that, that's kind of the culture and mentality that we bring the more that is more embraced, like the customers that we work with, as I said, they have only 10 stories in the backlog because they are supported to work like that. They are supported to go with mm-hmm. continuously the next minimal change, right? And yeah, it, it came from there. And then um, Lisa Crispin and her partner, Janet, they, they have a blog and they very often bring people and they said, hey, we want to talk about the learning releases because I was talking with them. So they made me actually write the blog. Okay, I'm going to write the blog. And then they posted and they made it. uh, They they went from there. That's awesome. Yeah, it has been always like a conversation, just just talking about it, but they made me write it. So now I'm an author. (laughs) 
That's awesome. No, I love it. Um, we wouldn't have found it if you hadn't put the blog post up. So that's great. Um, so the the idea there with like the earning yes. release is the second part yes. of it, right? And it's great because one, it rhymes, yeah. which is really easy <laughs> to remember. Uh, but two, um, it's to me that's the the bone you're throwing to yes. the leadership, right? It's like here's one for us, and we want to figure out to build the best stuff. The thing that we're getting back is not money, but yes. it's data, it's information, it's knowledge. Yes. Which is, I think, as valuable, if not more valuable, than actually Absolutely. getting some amount yeah. of money every every month. We or now often you, you we now it. know that we have to get a minivan, right? How would you yeah, do that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that saved us pain yeah. in the future. We would have designed something. So, um, I am curious though, because it goes back, I think, to this idea of of just agile transformation mm -hmm. and and uh, business transformation, but. I just don't. What are some tips for teams? If you could give some actual tips to take away that could influence leadership or um, someone in decision maker to help them understand the value here mm -hmm. and think less in terms of that monetary, you know, earning yeah. release MVP or is earning release. Um, what are some tips? Do you have any tips? Yeah, start with uh, start with an outcome. Right. So don't go to the teams mm -hmm. with a solution, go to the teams with an outcome and make it a challenge. Developers love challenges. I mean, if there is yeah. one group of people that can stay up all night to to fix something small, to make lights uh, twinkle. Uh, I, I'm, I, I live with a geek. And he was so happy because <laughs> he made his light, the lights twinkle in the pie board and I mean, give them a challenge, go with the challenge, make it fun, make it exciting. Don't tell them what the solution is. Let them figure out the solution. Um, if you really want to make that experimentation initially, just to get everybody into that thinking and into that uh, uh, getting comfortable with working like this, make the experimentations time boxed, right? You don't want experimentations to last for months or quarters. Experimentations, experiments are are like one week or two weeks. Okay. So what you got to lose, the worst you're going to lose is sprint, right? But you're going to learn mm -hmm. something out of it. So start with something that makes everybody comfortable and then move from there. Um, so managers now also need to change a little bit their role, right? Their managers, when they meet one-on-one -on -one with people, it's not about how's your work going, it's about what do you need from me to grow in your profession? Uh, the best example I have is, is a senior VP in a very large organization in a bank. Uh, on her one-on-one, -on -one, she doesn't talk anymore about work. She only talks about what skills mm -hmm. do you need? What training do you need? What mentorship can I help you with? And that is how she's growing a team of people that love her, that support, that work well together because now they are also taking that culture with their people, with the people that they uh, are leading. So uh, the role of the leadership now needs to change. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not rocket science to tell the truth is uh, it, you're going just against a lot of the culture uh, and large organizations. The biggest waste is the culture and the people's um skills that are not being used because you have to follow some processes. Absolutely. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing, you know, Derek and I always talk about, it's like the software pretty straightforward, right? I mean, you type in some stuff, you get out what yeah. you put in, but the hard part is dealing with the people and, and the politics and the money and the budgets and the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, 
the personalities and all that. That's that's where that's what makes software really hard. At the um, end, is all about the people. <laughs> no matter how yeah. many tools or techniques or whatever you bring, it's all about the people. That's where it ends. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Well, that is a, a great place to end today. So I, I love it. So thank you for the tips. I love that. Start with the outcome. Just the idea of just trying to start with the outcome. Don't try to start with yeah. the solution. Give the team a challenge and they will try to solve it because developers love a challenge. Um, and um, I, I, I think this is awesome. All right. So we have a little game that we like to play with all, all right. of our guests. We call it this or that. And we're just going to okay. ask you. I'm going to set a timer for a couple minutes. And okay. we're going to ask you a bunch of silly questions. And you uh, just, you know, first thing that comes to your mind, just boom, 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 boom. Okay. We'll, we'll just knock them out. Okay. Sound good? Okay. <laughs> Sounds right. like fun. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll start off simple and then we'll get uh, a little more complex. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, dog or cat? Dog. All right. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Phone call or text message? Text message. All right. When you eat ice cream, do you want it in a cone or a cup? Cup. All right. Um, Mac or PC? Uh, uh, I'm an Android person, but when it comes to computer, I like Mac. I'm with you 100%. I do the same. Android phone. Mac, Mac uh, computer. Mac computer. Mac. That's right. Yes. Um, all right. Let's see. Um, here's some uh, kicking it old school stuff. Uh, space Invaders or Pong? Space Invaders. All right. I like Space Invaders. Buttons or zippers? Zippers. Okay. I got a few uh, a few Canadian questions here for you. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, you uh, ready? Yep. Uh, I hope no none of your fellow Canadians judge you. Uh, hockey or football? Ooh, I'm a soccer person. Soccer, so uh, so actual football. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the the American football is hand egg. Hand egg, right? Hand I'm egg. talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> so legitimate football. Okay, hand I like egg. it. Uh, all right, Labatt Blue or Molson? Uh, both suck. <laughs> I actually, I don't know if I've ever had Labatt Blue. I've had Molson before, though. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I mean, you know, whatever. It's, it's like it's like I'm Canadian awesome. Miller, uh, I can, Miller Lite, I guess. I mean, we have so many, we have so many awesome microbreweries that have some awesome <laughs> beers. You know, so. I don't know if I, maybe it's just because uh, we're in the States, but I don't know that I've ever had any like Canadian craft beer before. Hmm. Oh. I've never, I, I mean, I haven't been to Canada Maple since syrup, I was like, baby. 12, so I've been to Toronto when I was 12, so I, I haven't You'll been You'll have to, to come since. to Toronto. There are just some stores here that have a huge selections of microbreweries, but we have also international if you want those. All right. I'll try it out. Derek, let's do a road trip. We're no, actually, wait. we're in uh, Cincinnati. We live that far. Pretty close. I mean, 10, 12 hours, you know, could be worse. Yeah. I think it might be closer to drive Toronto than it would be drive New Orleans. We should do a road trip, drive up there, do a podcast the whole way. Oh, well, I I, like I'm going to Cleveland in, in a week or so, so. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like a, well, it's not super close, like where. Cleveland's like four. five it's like hours. Three hours. Five hours four from hours. Toronto. Four hours. Oh, it's oh, only yeah. four hours from Cincinnati. So yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. All yeah. right. <laughs> All right. This is a good question. All right. Newfoundland or Oldfoundland? Oh, Newfoundland. <laughs> new fizz. Of course, is, new is there, fizz. Is there like an old? I don't even know if there is an Oldfoundland. Um, just Foundland. Especially just, the dogs. Foundland. Have you seen those big uh, Newfoundland dogs? Uh, they they're are, gigantic. Yeah, those are huge. Don't aren't they like they save people up in the mountains or something? Are those are those different? Those are Saint Bernards. Those are different dogs. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, all right. A uh, couple of more. Uh, imperial system or the metric system? Metric all the way. Mm, okay. I mean, all right. It drives me crazy. <laughs> all right. That's it for all inch my Canadian inch, questions. Yeah. I have a couple more questions. This one's really important. Don't mess this one up. Agile or agile? 
You know, funny enough, I have asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did they tell you? Would you? They didn't actually. They said whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> oh, okay. interesting. All right. Agile. I usually say agile. Agile. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that one's the. Uh, that's the British. That's the British. Yeah, British British. Um, but oh, you guys so are technically, I guess, part of the Commonwealth of uh, the we UK. Are. So there, there you go. It makes sense. All right. <laughs> Uh, a couple more. This is this one's really important. Um, Don't blow it. Love, love or money? Ooh, love, love. Yeah. Stop. What is that song from uh, Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters. Where yeah. is that? Uh, we're not counting dollars. We're counting stars. That's ah, that's one of the songs. I love that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some Foo Fighters. All right. Uh, last but not least, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh, Very much a Star Wars. Derek. Derek. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, they're both valid. No, I'm just joking. They're both properties. Cool. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. All right. Just all right. Next time you come on the show, make sure you say Star Trek. Um, all right. Uh, so that's it. That's all I've got. Um, Artie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a blast. Super insightful. Super informative. Um, any before we get out of here, anything else you want to plug? Anything you have going on that you want to talk about? Speaking engagements or something like that you want to promote? Uh, no, that's no, okay. nothing. I, right. I'm doing some gigs here and there. I'm I'm speaking, but uh, yeah, this this year I took it easy. All and right, people, no people stress. are tired with with a webinar, so no stress, no stress. All right, cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, Artie, thanks again for coming on. Had a blast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, that's all I got, Derek. Yeah. All Guys, right. uh, this was fun. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, a very good way to start the weekend with you. Uh, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything else that's going on around you. This was fun. Right on. All right. And don't forget, everybody out there, RetroTimePodcast.com. Tell a friend, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want some stickers, check us out on RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, all that stuff. Tell a friend. Share it on your LinkedIn. Share it on your Slack work channel. Write us a five-star review, and Mr. Derek Siebert will write you a song. True. All right. That's it. I'm out. Until next time. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye, guys. You know what's funny? Jeremy. Jeremy's funny? Yes, he is. Yes, he's mm. funny. He's very Sometimes. funny. Sometimes. I know. I always say that. Depends on how much coffee I've had. That yeah, that's right, that's right. That's right. His beard always makes me laugh. Um, so, beard uh, makes you laugh? It does. I, I feel like that might be an insult. <laughs> it's not a goofy beard. I'm just saying. You know what's funny? I so can't I'm, get out I'm of this. totally getting off, going off topic, but I've been working on my mustache. Like I don't the know if mountain you can see it. It's like kind of curling up. Yeah, can, yeah. You see it? can you see it? You can kind of it's, see it. It, it, it accentuates um, every every face he makes. That's what I'm Amy, saying. Like every face he makes, it's always shaking, and I just love that beard. So my wife Amy hates it, and she thinks it's like the most ridiculous thing, and she like laughs at me every time she's. I just want a craft cocktail when I look at you. <laughs> Thanks, no, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, uh, what I, uh, but I anyway, play, like old baseball, like yeah. baseball. From, like, <laughs> yeah, it's the like the old time baseball. I got to get you a little bit. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Derek. Continue. Recording. Check one two. Hey hey. Okay, got it. He hey, always hey, does the hey, same hey. check. Every hey. time. Check one, two, hey, hey. hey, hey. You know, I, I used to, <laughs> I played music back in the day, right? And there was like a sound guy and he would do, hey, 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 check one, two, hey, hey. And that was his, uh, like, I always think about that. Anyway, so, oh, it was awesome. like always. So Canadian same. of you, though. It's eh? like old. <laughs> no, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey. It's not hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> it's hey, hey, hey. <laughs>